Joining us from Colorado Parks and Wildlife is Travis Duncan. Good morning, Travis. Hey, morning, Terry. It's a beautiful morning. I guess it's going to snow again in the week. Uh, it's hard for me after what we've gone through the last few years to feel bad about getting lots of moisture, but I'd like to not shovel snow one week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that can always be nice too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, you want to talk to us? Well, we got a few things we want to talk to. First thing you want to talk to us about HPAI, and that's uh, that's highly pathogenic avian flu. It seems to have struck extremely hard this year, both on domestic and wild bird populations. Kind of update us on what you're seeing. Yeah, sure thing. So. Um, you know, really starting in the, the winter of 2021 and, and going into the spring of 2022, we saw this first um, new strain of, of HPAI, it's called H5N1, that emerged in North America. Um, we first saw it in, in northeast Colorado in March of 2022, and then uh, from March through November um, of last year, we, we saw continued um, uh, small die-offs, and then really in November of 2022, uh, begin to get some reports of larger scale die-offs of geese in, in northeastern Colorado. Uh, and then um, as the month went on and later into December, we started to see some of those mortalities move into the southeast area of the state, um, just corresponding with bird migration. So um, we just letting the public know we, we are aware of, of these events. And if you do see um, three or more dead birds in, in an area um, in a two-week period, or if you see live birds that are showing any signs of disease to please call your local Colorado Parks and Wildlife office. Um, we're doing our best to, to track and, and test as, as we can. We're testing by species, season, and county. And so um, we do want to know when we have these events. Um, and we're also letting folks know, you know, we are um, seeing um, a few mammal cases. So lots more bird cases, but um, some of the, the uh, animals that do feed on uh, the goose carcasses and, and scavengers um we're seeing a few um mammal cases and so folks can track that as well um if we, we are working in coordination with other agencies on this but if you um you go to our website you can you can find links to all these things you can find the link to uh where they're where they're tracking it on the usda site um and with the cda as far as both birds and mammals so um you know definitely encourage folks to check that out and just and just be aware that um highly pathogenic avian influenza is is definitely um, an issue right now um, nationally, and so it is in Colorado uh, as well. And, and we're we're tracking the issue and letting folks know um, what we're what we're finding out as we can, and letting folks know where where they can track where where the disease is in the state and, and where we're getting positive results. Couple of quick questions: one, the one the cases we've seen in mammals, do we kind of feel that was spread from them eating the raw meat or raw uh, birds? Uh, so, because uh, people are going to wonder, well, I harvested some geese. Do I, should I throw them away? Or are they all right if I'm cooked? Do we have an answer to that, or are we still a little nebulous on that? Right. So, so I definitely um, advise, you know, if, if folks are, and I know we're kind of outside of waterfowl hunting season right now, but if, if you do have concerns about uh, those things, definitely take a look at, um, you know, our website and, and go to some of the guidance for hunters. Obviously, you're, you're not going to want to hunt any game that, that looks sick, you know, um, wh whatever it is, whether it's a bird or, or a mammal, uh, so small game. So um, just definitely, um, you know, do your due diligence when you're out there hunting this year and don't don't hunt animals that, that appear sick and um, check out our website for, for just guidance on, on preparing 
uh, game if, if you have questions. Now, the other thing, uh, and we probably don't have an answer for this yet, but are we getting a handle at all on the impact to wild birds, or is it going to take us a while to kind of uh, to sift through that knowledge and assess the damage? Yeah, I think it's definitely going to take a while to get a to get a sense of the full impact. The the we work with the Colorado Department of Agriculture, and they put out a a situation report. Um, I think weekly that you can check in on, and that gives both the, the estimates of the number of domestic domestic birds, domestic poultry, and, and game birds. And so, you know, as far as game birds, the, the estimates are twelve thousand, but the the true um, the true number of, of birds that have died is is much larger than that. Um, it's really just a, an early estimate of the number of game birds, but it doesn't take into account the total number of wild birds. So, um, we're we're still working on yeah getting getting those estimates right now as we receive these calls from the public and as I, we yeah we do that work to, to document where we're seeing die-offs. And uh, the message before we move on to another topic, I think you put it in there pretty well, but is that people see more than a couple birds that are look, that are either dead or acting strangely, you'd like them to give you a call, right? Yeah, that's right. If you find three or more dead wild birds in a specific area within a two-week period, or if you just see live birds that are showing signs of disease, call your local Colorado Parks and Wildlife office, let us know. Um, just be aware we're, we're not going to be able to respond to all calls, and we're, we're definitely focusing our response based on surveillance and management priorities. All right, let's change gears a little bit. One of the hot topics that you've been involved in covering has been the introduction of wolves into Colorado. And just to be clear right up front, because I get calls and emails every week, there have been no wolves introduced yet. The plan is still being adopted. Where are we at in that uh, that plan? Definitely, yeah. So um, it's it's March fourth today. So um, at our February twenty second uh, commission meeting in Denver, we had um, the Parks and Wildlife Commission heard public comments and and provided guidance to Parks and Wildlife staff regarding the the final revisions to the the draft wolf restoration and management plan. So. Definitely hit a milestone uh, there. We were really appreciative of, of all the comments that we received from the from the public and all the time uh, that went in from our different stakeholders to, to come up with a really good um, restoration and management plan. We received um, just during this this January and February public comment period um, about 4,000 comments online, and we heard from 232 people throughout the state at our five public meetings that we held. Um, thought the process went really well and, and we're just really grateful for for all the people of Colorado who who weighed in who read the plan and and thought uh, you know gave us their thoughtful comments on it and and now um, you know folks can check out that meeting online to, to hear some of those final comments they can um, they can watch the the meeting and see some of the commission's final guidance to staff there were a few you know final edits that are being made but essentially you know we, we came up with a with a good plan to to handle what's required by statute to to um, make sure that depredation compensation is going to be provided for, you know, when when there are livestock depredations, and um, to, to make sure we're, you know, we've got all the the necessary um, things in place as far as reintroduction and management, and and how wolves will be um, introduced. We've got 10 to 15 wolves per per year is the the goal to, uh, to be reintroduced west of the continental divide, um, and then just looking forward to get getting that that work done. So. Um, we're making edits to the plan now. The plan comes back to uh, the commission April sixth at their at their commission meeting. Um, 
and that'll be a step one of two process. So um, they'll they'll vote on the plan in a step one there, and then step two will be May third and fourth uh, at the meeting in Glenwood Springs, um, and we expect the the plan to be finalized, and then um, re- really from that time until the end of the year, we're going to be working to to find the source location for wolves and and just do that the logistic work of figuring out where we're going to where we're going to release them at. So uh, exciting exciting work ahead, and really this. This past meeting was was a big one in terms of just getting kind of the final details in place for for the implementation of the plan. So from what you're saying, I gather that if if nothing changes, the plan is voted through in the May meeting. Uh, end of this year, beginning of next year is when the actual reintroduction will start. Yep, that's right. So we're the the statute requires reintroduction of wolves by. Um, work beginning by December 31st, 2023, and so that's the that's the, the deadline we're working with to to have our first wolves reintroduced. Well, and I think people should realize too, this isn't some plan that Parks and Wildlife came up with that they thought, hey, let's put wolves in Colorado. This was a public vote that was brought to the people, and a legislation or an amendment, I believe, was passed. I, it, anyway, it was publicly a referendum at the least was voted on. It was a close vote. But you guys now are under the charge of implementing it, and be, but it wasn't it wasn't a rule that Parks and Wildlife came up with. It was a vote of the entire public in Colorado, right? Yep, that's right. It it was a result of Proposition One Fourteen that, that passed there in November of twenty twenty. Um, that is now state statute, but but we really started that that work uh, after that vote happened. That that following spring, we we contracted with Keystone Public Policy Center to. Um, help us with our public engagement process. We started um, a series of meetings all around the state, collected, um, you know, 4,000 comments from around the state at that at that point and appointed two advisory bodies, you know, with, with experts on wolf reintroduction from, from both from within the state and, and experts who had done the work in, in other states. Uh, so, um, you know, but, but you're correct, Terry. Yeah, it was a, a result of a, a vote a vote on Proposition 114 that passed, and it was a close vote, and um, now state statute and Color Parks and Wildlife is, is working to implement that statute. All right, a couple quick things before I let you go, Travis. You're always a wealth of information. I think we should let people know that um, big game applications are open now, so people need to get online and do that. And it's time to look at getting your new fishing license because fishing licenses will run out the end of March if you have an annual. If you don't have an annual, you buy it now. If I, You can correct me if I'm wrong, but if you don't have one and you buy it, say, today, it covers you this March and next March, so you get an extra month. Is that right? It does. Yep, it does. You'll, your, your fishing license is good through March 31st, but the new licenses are on sale, and it's, it's a great time to, to get your fishing license. It's a great time um, to get your qualifying license, so if you get that, that small game combo, you know, small game fishing combo license. If that's how you get your qualifying license, it's they're on sale now, and now is the time. Um, be sure to to jump on our website um, or go to one of our offices. Get the new 2023 Colorado uh, Big Game brochure. Um, look in the What's New section. Uh, we have a videographer, Jerry Neal, who every year puts together a really fantastic short video uh, of the What's New section. So. A lot of times, I know you just want to know what's what's new this year. Jump in and check out that video; it's always excellent. Uh, you can find that on our YouTube page. Um, but yeah, most folks know now you need a qualifying license. Um, 
You can check out the areas that are um, going to be mandatory testing this year for chronic wasting disease. Um, check out some of just the, the newer stuff. We do have an archery clothing suggestion uh, for for archery hunters who are um, hunting during the overlapping archery and muzzleloader seasons to help address safety concerns. Um, but yeah, now's now's the time. It's we're we're into early March and excited to, you know, for the for folks who are planning their hunt and and starting to to look at where they want to hunt this year in Colorado. Definitely check out the the new big game brochure. All right, my friend. Thank you for all the information. We're going to have to let you go. We will be talking about resources for planning your hunt here on the show over the next few weeks, both with people from Parks and Wildlife and with some of our regular contributors. So we'll have lots more information. Travis, thank you for joining us. Great information as always. Yep, thanks for having me, Terry. Good to talk to you.